Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. And no, that's not Nick. It's just me today. You can find us at the HyperClean Store. Dot com. It's a great website. Go to HyperClean Store in your app or your uh, Play Store, and that's another place to interact with HyperClean. Hey, let's get into it. I'm enjoying. This is a classic favorite here inside of Community Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little Thing IPA. Eh, Brandon from Tim's, Derek from DJD, multiple people. We might even get Dustin one night on the Community Pub to get into a hazy little thing IPA. It's just such a great beer because it's got that citrus to it, which is my deal because I love the citrus side for IPAs because if you're one of the people, many of us are that aren't into that real piney and we go, ah, oh, it's bitter. Like that's what I never could drink IPAs until started getting released more and more of these hazies and these new England style IPAs. So I sent some up to Kevin. He had sent me some beer. Side note, anybody wants to send beer? It's always received here at HQ. Anyway, uh, I am here with you guys today because got that phone call, right? Got that phone call of been in the bullpen. Thought I was going to get ready one day. And sure enough, bullpen rang and here I am. Listen, my my song as I come out of the bullpen, well, it's got to be wild thing, right? The old Rick Vaughn. Anybody ever knows that movie? This is an old school classic. Anybody that's a baseball fan, you'll know it. Major League. If you don't know it, go watch it. This is what we loved about baseball from uh, from back in the day, quote unquote. All right. But hey, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play this. Uh, let's go, right? Let's have some fun today. We're going to do some Mogi motivation, but let's get into uh, some things I've noticed. We're going to do a little segment called Things That Make You Go, hmm. Uh, but let's start with some news that I get. Nick gets to throw out his auction news. My auction news isn't always quite the same as Nick's auction news. So I get to throw out my auction news and what I'm hearing out of some of the auctions, at least here locally from sources from a good friend of mine who deals with the auctions on chemicals, right? And I've got a neighbor and some other friends that, that sell into auctions, right? So I get a little bit different news. The news that I'm hearing out of the auctions now is auctions have always traditionally bought vehicles that then they run through their own auction as another revenue stream, right? Another way to bring money in. Well, they have cut that off, right? Once again, at least the ones here in your area, I'm not sure. But if it's happening here from a company that's a national brand, I imagine in your state, they're doing the same thing. What does that tell you? I don't have a fucking clue, except it reminds me of moments when there was things called cash for clunkers. Anybody remember that? If you say yes, hey, you're probably my age. If you don't, well, you were born way before we had social media. So all good. Go look it up. Cash for clunkers was such an interesting thing that the government was actually allowing people to bring whatever vehicle they could get in. It just had to get rolled onto the lot. You could have had it towed and then you just had to roll it yourself on the lot and you were given a massive amount of money to go towards your new car. 
I mean, it was an incredible program that actually, when you talk to people inside of the industry for so long that I have been and others, that they would go, that is a major part of what changed for dealerships and the way dealerships began to sell cars, the way reconditioning changed at dealerships. That was actually a pivotal point. And I just got to wonder, are we going to see that now as there's been all these other problems inside of the industry? Does this start to be the snowflake, right? Is this one of the snowflakes that starts the roll? Not sure. Here's an interesting question I had inside of my car life. I don't know if you've gotten these interesting questions, but when you get them, you just have to laugh a little. Mm, that's a good beer. What made me laugh was a FedEx driver that almost kind of had me blocked in a little bit ago. And I thought he needed buy and couldn't get by. And I, you know, I opened up the door and I was like, Hey man, he hops out and he goes, Hey, uh, where do I buy a Jeep? Oh, what? Like, I thought he, I, I literally go, hey, man, am I blocking you? Like, I thought I was blocking him. But he started like, kind of blocking me, and I'm like, what's going on here? I open the door, and I holler at him, like, hey. And he goes, walks over, he goes, hey, I was just curious. Where do I buy a Jeep? What? Like, at the dealership, man. It just, there's plenty of dealerships. Oh, he goes, any dealership? Well, I mean, I mean, you, you can go to a Jeep dealership if you, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, what kind of question was that? And I go, you know what? You could even buy a Jeep from somebody that's trying to sell a Jeep. <laughs> hey, here you go. There's community right there. Like, that was a wild story. I don't know. I couldn't believe it. All right. So let's go over a couple of the other things that I find to be completely interesting that I have seen, right? This is why I have to, and I have to say some of these things just because when you start to put out in 2017, 18, 19, and for those of you that are, are putting out something inside of, of your local community, inside of your business, and you're really trying to take something to quote unquote for you, the next level, you understand that you have to push pretty hard, right? You have to push even envelopes. You have to go in and get in and understand maybe what's going on inside. Let me just cut to the chase, right? As I was starting to go in 17, 18, 19, launching out from my distribution company to growing a, a national brand, I saw some things in the industry that I just couldn't stand. It was actually one reason later that Nick, when he came aboard, because a lot of the same things that he was seeing, that I was seeing, and we both, we both didn't like. So we had to start to come together. It was a great uh, union in a sense, a uh, partnership. But the early parts of, you know, where we were going as an industry of 17, 18, 19, of all these multi-layers and these big tickets, right? You've heard me preach this like I'm beating a dead horse. But, hey, I'm from Oklahoma. Sometimes we have to do that. Listen, to see then now companies, unless SEMA was riddled with, you heard everybody, multiple brands starting to be in trouble, multiple people starting to really question. And now we're seeing people's heads start to roll, right? Big announcements coming out and <laughs> on social media, it's interesting of the big heads that have started to roll. The announcements of people switching brands, right? This has been a over the past couple of months. Oh, I, I'm moving from here to here and big, right? Oh, I'm moving from here to and at first, it's reps, which is what I had said. And I had predicted this years ago. First, it was going to be the reps. 
And now some big heads, now some big heads. And ironically, putting out on social media just fucking cracks me up. This fucking cracks me up. I think that's hilarious. All right. So why did I say this was going to happen? Why did I predict this? It goes back to my belief in business. My belief in business, well, it started with getting into business. I quit my job, like many others, to start cleaning cars. So I had to ask myself what it was going to take. Right? Was I going to make it? If you jump ship and you have to just start swimming, you eventually got to ask yourself, what's it going to take, man? Are you going to make it? And I developed a strategy at the very, very seedling of my company that it was going to take $1,000. What was it going to take? And for me, I had to learn how to make $1,000. $1,000 more, $1,000 more. And each time that I got to a pivotal point in my business of right plateau, plateaus are really the most pivotal. Most people say that if your business is doing this, then that actually means you're failing. So when you hit plateaus, it means you actually need to figure out how do I keep climbing? There goes that word. Climbing instead of grinding. Everybody that uses grind, tell them to get the fuck off. Climbing is what you need to do. Because when you're at a plateau, you're grinding. You don't want to grind. Fuck grinding. I want to climb. So how do I make a thousand more dollars? Why do I constantly remind people that reps were going to lose their jobs, that all this false information was actually going to come into affect you? Why? Because I believed that if we were going to make it, if I was going to make it, I needed a thousand bucks at a time. I needed a slow, steady climb. And I then knew in 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, as I've constantly been trying to say, I've known also that it's not feasible for most people to have these big ticket items and only sell off of these elite things. The majority, right? Can some? Sure. Half of 1%. The mass majority, everybody else needed a slow, steady climb. Could you do some big tickets? Yes. But slow and steady is the way to constantly grow and maintain. Oh, there's that word again, maintenance. Boy, how did we know that that word was going to be so pivotal? Well, if your view of business is how do I constantly keep growing? How do I sustain myself? Because I gave up everything like many of you, right? You left. I had left my college career. I was 36 hours into my master's. I had a career path that I jumped ship on. So there was no plan B. There was only how do I make it as a career? How do I make this a part of my life? And I knew even at that age and at that seedling of my business that it would take a little bit at a time. So if any of you that have 
been misled, misguided. And I understand there was so much put out over the years about get this big. I get it. Hey, you want to know when you start seeing all these heads roll, as you've seen reps move and suddenly reps completely gone, these same people that had told you one way, these same people that said they were going to teach you business. Ouch. I get to put that in. I do. Because the same people that told you that over the years are now not there. It is what it is. All right. <laughs> so let's do this. And I think this will be fun. Things that make you go home. This was a song back in the day that was, I listen, I loved it. And it's, it's also, you know, it goes back towards also there's Atlantis set. you know, uh, <laughs> isn't it ironic that song and all those ironic things. Here's some ironic things that I found ironic in the industry. Unless since we were just talking about it, right? Layers equal elite. Right, that's what we were led to believe by some who then came out with single layers. And here's really the game changing thing now for the industry. You can do a year coding. You can do a two year coding with one layer. Hey, we've been doing that since 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Right? Isn't that ironic? Things that make you go, hmm. And here's why I want to bring that up. I had a conversation years ago, and I've said it before on this podcast, with a local detailer who was really curious about trajectory of how she was going to make it. I gave her some time, talked through things with her, had a beer. That's what we were doing. Went and met at a brewery. And, and I gave her a piece of information that she made me repeat, and then she chewed on, and I still remind her of it. I told her this. You're going to find people in the industry that want to make money off of you or they want to make money with you. Let that sink in for a second. Because there are plenty that want to make money off of you. Those that want to make, anyway, I'm not going to even go there. Let's just leave it at that. You can understand where that goes. People that make money off of you or people that make money with you. You should seek out and be a part of those who want to make money with you. There's plenty of competitors that I see that they're one or the other. You, you really can't go. <laughs> There's no C in this. It's either with you or it's off of you. I like the with part. Here's to community. All right, things that make you go, hmm, well, I have always wondered why people close down. It just makes me go, mm. now everybody in the Northeast, I get it, right? And some of you that have closed, you're like, hey, you don't understand. I, you're right, I don't. I'm not blessed like everybody over in some places and we give Nick shit, but then he's like, hey, you know, if you want to be in detailing, you got to detail a place that has 360 something days a year that you can detail out of. Like, I get it. I questioned when I early got into business, I questioned if I should close down in the winter. It's fucking tough here. And this isn't even in the Northeast. So I get it. But I've also been up to the Northeast and seen plenty of people that stay open. So it just makes me go, hmm. 
I mean, isn't there a new package? And there a new avenue? Let's let's just start with get some get some Eco One. You can wash a car with Eco One in a garage while it's plenty warm, right? You can get space heaters. You can get halogen lights if you want. Also, just put out a fucking shit ton of heat. You can wash a car. Do you might need to change your price and your package and do more of one or the other? Sure. So it just always makes me question, and I just go, hmm, closing down? Okay. Hey, or you can navigate, but okay. Here's one that I heard recently that really made me scratch my head. Um, you should install coatings for agriculture. Wait, what? But I'm not in agriculture. I'm in automotive. Oh, I, I should go learn a whole new thing. Oh. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, huh. well. Huh. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and move on from that. Why in the hell would I want to leave my industry if I'm young into business and go do some random thing trying to learn how to do? And that's a whole nother industry that I've got to learn how to do sales for that industry, first of all. Then I'm going to have to figure out if I, I mean, you could start going down a whole fucking list of shit that you got. I got to go leave the industry. Well, first, I, okay. And I've got to still have the experience of running my business. When the people that are teaching this have never really taught you how to have team members. So <laughs> they want you to leave your business to go start coding in another industry, but you don't even know how to have employees to run this business sustainable. And that's the big ticket. That's the answer. If you have somebody telling you that, yeah, don't listen, okay? Things that make you go, hmm. Here's another one. It was me, not them. Now, listen, I heard that, right? I have heard it. In it, I, I got broke up that way. I did. When you put your got fired job announcement out on social and you say it was me, not them, anybody that has been told it is me, it's you, not me, or me, not you, whatever, like, you know, and you go, fuck. Wow, this is so interesting. Mm. Here's the most interesting, I think, things that make you go, hmm, I'm recession-proof. And that came from a young detailer who has been having really great success over the past years, doing extremely well, but hasn't developed a team, and is still using extremely high-priced products, high-priced coatings, having to charge four dollars or $5,000, $2,000, $3,000. I get it. Some people can do that. Some. But to think that you're going to do it and be recession-proof, and that's what you're going to live on over the next three to four years, things that make you go, hmm. All right, last one is, <laughs> things that make me go, hmm, is the big talkers in groups. Like the guys that want to go into groups and just lob in how great they are and all this, all this stuff, right? The big talker guys, the big ballers. I'm the big guy. Look at me. I'm the big guy. 
I mean, it really makes me question. Hmm. Really? Are you that big of a guy, huh? How big a boy are you? If anybody knows that, that's a great little quote. I think it's 97.5 here in Tulsa. KMOD. How big a boy are you? Anyway. Uh, how big a boy are you? And when I look at you, I go, are you happy? I mean, the people that want to go into groups and tell everybody how great they are. I get it. If you're going to create content, create content around it. It's fine. It's on your own page, your own business. You have absolutely every right to tell everybody how great you are. I, I have no problem with that. Listen, I just spent fucking 20, 30 minutes talking about the things that I predicted that are coming true. But this is my platform. This is what Nick and I are building. We get the chance to do that. But when you go into groups and you lob in about how great you are, that, that makes me really question, how big a boy are you? And if you're really happy. So they say most people aren't. I say most people that put out that type of stuff aren't really happy. Hmm. So let's do it. Here we go. Long overdue. Well, since the last time Nick was out, overdue. <laughs> Mogi motivation. All right. We're going to finish up a little Mogi motivation and we'll get out of here. And I'm going to do Mogi motivation based off of that question. Are you happy? Hmm. Most big talkers aren't happy, but are you? What is happiness, I guess? What is happiness to you? Seriously, I, you should really ask yourself that. I, I, I ask myself that. What is happiness to you? And then, is it attainable? I myself have, have really... I used to pursue happiness, uh, that it was attainable. And I also understood that you cannot stay happy at all times. So it is a little bit of a uh, conundrum. And so for Mogi Motivation, I want to ask that question. I want you to really question if your happiness is attainable. And I want to use that based off of the way I think of happiness. Because to you, you've got to answer it for yourself. But to me, happiness has really transcended to peace. I really desire peace more than happiness. Was it uh, that artist Black? I think he has a song like when he's talking about love. He's like, I don't want love. I want loyalty. I think that was Black. I, I always get that artist mixed up. But in a sense, I don't want mo money, mo problems. Sure, I want regular growth. I want regular money coming into my account. I want regular steps up. But overall, I want peace. Peace to me gives you the chance for happiness, greater chance of happiness, and also understanding of negativity, of also understanding that things happen. Bad things always happen. And that really shouldn't tear down your happiness, but it does. So to me, peace, I, that's where I go. 
And there's two things that, <laughs> two things that have really impacted me of, of wanting peace, right? First of all, I think it really kind of comes from just my mentality of, listen, I love wearing the same clothes all the time. I I'll buy like five of the same pants. I always wear the same hoodies, five shirts. Like that's just the way I, when I did my distribution, I always went on two week or weekly schedules. I always, every, I just love things like that. So peace is natural, but there's really been two things that impacted me in my life. That is why I will say peace, right? Um, When you jump, right, as I mentioned before, when you jump ship of your entire career, your entire life, everything that you gave up to pursue something, and you have no idea how you're going to make it, and you really struggle for months and months of trying to make it, which is why Nick has a great reason for telling people, don't quit your job and go start trying to clean cars. It was fucking difficult. And it's a really hard life, but you begin to learn things, right? Begin to learn a couple of things that well, might remind you <laughs> of lessons from before. And I remember something when, uh, let's see. So I was a freshman in high school and I made, I, I was on the, the freshman JV baseball team, but I was doing pretty well as a pitcher and, and I got that, which is why I love the, the illustration earlier about Rick Vaughn. I got that phone call to, to step up to, to play for the varsity team. They were in a tournament. Their pitchers had too many, you know, this is where they used to calculate how many, you know, uh, innings somebody had pitched and you were only allowed so many. So they had to rely on a young freshman. I mean, and I was blowing smoke at like 68 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might've been in the seventies. I don't know. I really wasn't a great pitcher, but I just loved it. I love the challenge of it. I love trying to figure out if I could throw the ball right to where the, the catcher had throwing a, a screw ball or a slider. I mean, trying to just do all that. So I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I got the phone call. I made it to the game. Of course I made it to the game, but we won. I struggled for a little bit. Some guys got some hits off of me, but as long as I put the ball where it was supposed to be and Everybody else around me did their job. Somehow we won. And that was a big deal for me. And so you imagine that next, uh, next day at practice, when then I started to go play with the varsity, varsity boys, it's a guy named David Greer. And I, I'll remember this the rest of my life. He looked over at me and he goes, little kids are supposed to be seen, not heard. <laughs> And I mean, that's hilarious, right? Cause I'm a fucking freshman, uh, just won the game, you know, had my first win as a pitcher. And basically it was like, yeah, but sit down and shut up. Sometimes in, in business, right. Sometimes in life, which is why I think it's ironic the way some people run their mouth and talk so big on social and how big they are and don't really have much to back it up. You know, we talk about, you know, how do you ever know if somebody is real on social. Well, look at their track record. Yeah. I learned very on that there's parts of, of me that you, you got to sit down and shut up. Right. Nick says, you know, put your head down, go to work. Right. There is a lot of that aspect to 
what does peace look like? What does happiness look like? Well, a lot of times it means you don't run your mouth. You take your wins, you sit down and you shut up. There's a lot of games left to play. There's a lot of other people that just played in that same game. You're not that big, boy. Sit down and shut up. And let's go to practice. Another thing that impacted me of why I like peace, why I don't pursue other aspects and what it is that peace brings me happiness. Well, I think it's overall because when I heard of <laughs> <laughs> I heard a song back in the day and I've used the illustration. The purpose of having a goal, right? Do you guys remember the song? If you, if you shoot for the moon, but you land on the stars, Hey, just look how far you come. Or whatever. I think it was Pitbull. It's a big motivational song. There's a lot of people use it, right? I, I talked about this on a recent episode. And one reason that peace, it, it brings me happiness and why I like it is because if you don't actually try and shoot for the moon, like, that's, who the hell's going to... I say who the hell's going to get to the moon, but is you, have you guys seen, was it SpaceX just announced that they're going to send creators to the moon? Like, content creators? I mean, those guys get to go to the moon, and certain astronauts can... But who really actually gets... So why put such a goal that is way too large that you'll never make it and you'll actually fizzle yourself out? You know, I had a guy that I knew locally that he used to talk about all these big cars he was going to get, like these Lambos, and I'm going to get this. And Okay, but, I mean, what's, what's a Lambo? Like, what? You're going to clean enough cars that you're going to buy a Lambo? That's way too big of a goal. Way too big of a goal. Why would you shoot for that kind of a moon? Why not just be okay with a really nice vehicle that then you can build a business so that you can sustain a family and your kids are really happy and everybody just enjoys life? My reason for saying this is I know there's some of you that are looking at the future this next year and you're going to do plans and you're going to try and test out things. Have some fucking tangible things. For me, like I said a second ago, it was $1,000 at a time. Have something that is tangible and sustainable. How can you make 1000 extra dollars? Some of you, you might go, listen, that's fucking bullshit. How do I make $10,000? Okay, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Here's why, okay? Here's why this creates sustainability. If instead of saying you want to buy a Lambo, say you want to add 10 extra customers by March. Uh, I want to... Uh, add a new service to my business installing Uno for X amount of dollars. I want to add a new service to my business installing Trey 
because I'm going away from this other company and Trey is going to be so pivotal for me on my clientele of three-year product. Hey, five-year. Hint, hint. Why do something simple like that? Why set up such small little progress? Pebbles. Let's call them progress pebbles. Everybody wants to tell you, you got to have things as you look back and you got to have these check marks and you got to go back and look at your business. And you got to figure out if you've, I get it. Yes. And so that's why you do little ones. And here's what happens. Okay. Here's what happens when you're the kid that's 23, 24 years old, trying to figure out how you can make a thousand extra dollars, how you can figure out how to use your equipment that's in your trailer to go do something with it, right? Instead of leaving your industry, instead of chasing some random bullshit, how can you just use your equipment to bring in more revenue? How can you go find a new apartment complex to work with, a new realtor group, right? Set goals like that because what happens is you get momentum. And here's how I learned, and this is ironically fucking hilarious, as me in my 80s, 1980s, dude, we had, I'm talking our shorts in the 80s, and I'm going back to me as a little kid playing basketball. I had on knee pads, Derek, I had on knee pads, I know, but my knee pads weren't for the same reason you have on knee pads. Oh, you slid, right? I slid, I used to, I mean, and we were in the 80s, I don't know, that's fucking what we did, but the big old knee pads on. The knee pads were about as long and big as my shorts. So uh, our shorts were really short, but it's hilarious. And that's why I think it's hilarious seeing all the kids now running around with little short shorts. And it's like, I, I told my nephew this summer when I saw him, I go, your dad let you out of the house looking like that? I was like, it's a boy, right? And I said, like, fuck, dude, we can halfway see your ass hanging out. I'm like, I think it's hilarious how short kids, I mean, anyway. I'm a little kid playing basketball. And I struggled moving from that eight foot goal up to the 10 foot goal. And you know what? I had a really great lesson from my dad one time. And he talked about some of the other players back in the day, they would put instead of jump shotting with two feet together, it was always having one foot in front of the other. And that's the way they used to teach them. And they used to teach them. You'd actually take a step before you would shoot, right? This is fucking old, old school basketball. So I adapted that in as a kid and I would, I would spin the ball, grab it and take a step and then shoot a free throw. And that became my routine. And it really would weird people out. I remember the, the refs trying to toss me the ball and they're like, it was like, no, 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 give it to me back here. I would be almost at the three point line, take a step, maybe take a dribble, then go up and take a shoot shot. Momentum is what helped me propel into my future of making a successful shot. What do you need that will give you the happiness that you really desire? What is it? It's momentum to accomplish what you're trying to do. Momentum happens by accomplishing success pebbles as you step on. Instead of trying to shoot for a Lambo when you clean cars, how about you shoot for your family having good, sustainable lifestyle? 
right? How about you shoot for things that are practical for you? Happiness will come to you inside of peace when you're not trying to, but you be real, okay? Real with where you are. Real with where you should be. Momentum will help you take the big shots. I did not push. Nick talks about it. He still has a, an old vehicle like I do. And that's okay. He's got other vehicles now, but he started with one and then progressed and moved on. What does, if you have a little bit of patience, a little bit of self-control do for you when you're doing momentum, it allows you to take the big shots. If I would have had massive debt, would it allowed me to take the shots that I took to get us to a national level? Would it, would, would if I had not enough momentum, would I have fallen short of things because I did not plan accordingly because I didn't take little incremental steps? Absolutely. You have to have incremental steps as you go. So use some momentum, then you'll get to take the shot. And the shot that I want everybody to understand is out there for them is getting into chemical distribution with HyperClean. You have the most unbelievable opportunity for your area. This is a shot that you can build a massive business inside of your business. This isn't a suggestion to go off into some other industry or do some random ass thing. No. Listen, Bill, which I talked about on the episode, which will release coming out, but one of my big fun things was Bill. This is a guy, he's in Wisconsin. Many, like many of you going, hey, I got people that are calling me wanting to know what glass cleaner to use. And I used your guy's glass cleaner. It's the best I've ever used. I got people wanting to know what spray to put on. And listen, ceramics, our ceramic spray is unbelievable. If you guys haven't used it, whew, spray coat is going to dominate the car show scene in 23. 23 is going to get dominated by spray coat. So when you're getting those phone calls and you want a chance to take a shot, that's a real shot. So if you also have planned accordingly, if you also know of people in your area that are looking and searching for products, hey, this is your shot. This is the new way for you. This is your chance. So go, come on, go to hypercleanstore.com, fill out the, the comment form. You can go through and list it. Let's have a discussion. If you're seeing something in your area where you think you can have a shot, we're with you. Let's do it. Let's have a discussion about it. Go to hypercleanstore.com. All right. Mogi Motivational is done. Boy, I'm finished with this Sierra Nevada hazy little thing IPA. I really, really enjoy it. It's one of my favorites. Like I said, we drink it a lot on the community pub. You know what we could use else in the community pub is you. All right, every Wednesday, 7.30 Central, Zoom ID, 918-800-1188. Come on, be a part of the Community Pub. Hey, this is Marshall. Thank you so much for listening. 
and I hope you make it a great day.